Side Hustle Show 104, how to find and validate your first import product. Hey, in a couple minutes, you're going to hear me say there's a, uh, a free training event put on by Will on March 22nd. The correct date is April 22nd. Thank you so much to Phil Ferguson at Phil underscore Ferguson on Twitter for letting me know about that. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your 9 to 5 may make you a living, but your 5 to 9 makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Thanks so much for joining me. This is episode 104 how to find and validate your first import product. Will Mitchell from StartupBros.com is in the house dropping the importing wisdom into our earbuds or gently placing it, perhaps. Um, if, if you're not a reader of the Startup Bros blog, uh, you, you should be. It's definitely one of my faves. They're they're known for big, uh, you know, it's big detailed case study, step-by-step tutorials, tons of fun stuff. Will uh, runs it with his his fellow bro, uh, Kyle, who I, I don't think they're actually brothers, but they are startupbros.com. On this call, we're going to dive into um, kind of brainstorming and researching your first product to sell through Amazon FBA. Uh, how to work with the manufacturers to get your samples in hand, and how to sell those to to validate the demand, uh, the pricing, and the logistics. Sound good? Uh, all the notes and links for this call are at sidehustlenation.com slash 104. And uh, once you're over there, you can also download a free PDF with all uh, the details Will shares, plus his, his top tips for getting started with product importing. And, and he's actually been kind enough to offer even more free uh, import business training for Side Hustle Nation if you are around on March 22nd. That's Wednesday, March 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Visit SideHustleNation.com slash import to sign up for that uh, that free training with Will. And if that time does not work for you, there will be a replay, but you do need to register in advance at SideHustleNation.com slash import. And if you're listening in the in the distant or, or not so distant future, and uh, and that date has passed, I will update that link so it still goes still goes somewhere good, so it doesn't go leave you to a dead end page. Uh, SideHustleNation.com/import. Of course, and that's kind of a silly thing to say. Of course, you're listening in the future. You remember the um, the, the Mitch Hedberg joke or Mitch Hedberg line? He's like, "Hey, here's a picture of me when I was younger." Every picture of you is a picture when you were younger. All right. Uh, with that, let's uh, let's get into it. Hey, Will, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Hey, Nick, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Everybody, Will is uh, one half of StartupBros.com, one of my new favorite blogs. I feel like I'm a relative newcomer to uh, to this site, but they publish a ton of really in-depth tutorials and stuff. It's pretty cool. I think I found you guys when I was looking for like how to, you know, what makes a great book cover or something like what to send your designer it's like oh man oh, this, yeah. is like, this is really good stuff yeah we have one uh, one good one on that yeah we uh, you know it really started as trying to help entrepreneurs create their first profitable business online 
And uh, you know, yeah, it's it's just really gotten focused now onto uh, onto importing and everything. So, <laughs> exactly, I'm glad you bring that up because we're about to dive into how to build uh, build an importing empire. I guess on the side, it's all about the um, the the importing products, the Amazon business. So we talked about with with Andy. I know we mentioned uh, the episode with Andy Slammons from uh, back in December has been the most popular episode of the show to date. And so we'll see if. Uh, and he was a student of yours, yes? Yep, yep. Andy is uh, yeah, still a current client of ours and, uh, yeah, one of our favorites. He's really active in our community, very helpful. Uh, he actually yeah, just yesterday posted uh, one of his screenshots, so he is doing very well. Um, but, but, yeah, so I, I hope I can top his session. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see if I can add to it. We'll see if we can uh, can build on what he uh, the, the knowledge he laid down and, and see if we can get people going. But so, uh, so that might be a good place to start. So he kind of talked about... Uh, you know, overview, importing, we talked a little bit about sourcing products, a little bit about, uh, you know, dealing with the manufacturers and stuff like that. That might be a good place to start because that's uh, the, the question that I get most often is, hey, I'd, I'd love to do FBA or I'd love to do this uh, this private labeling, but I'm still trying to find a product to to work with. I'm still trying to figure out what I could, what I could sell. And so when people come to you with that question, what did, what advice do you give them? Uh, yeah, so that's definitely one of the most common questions we get, and I think that's really the first big obstacle that people that get into us find. Uh, you know, it, it's really easy to just kind of get lost in product research. Um, you know, especially if you if you don't know really what you're doing and you haven't done it before, it's tough to know what matters, what doesn't matter, what you should be looking at. Uh, you know, how you should be weighing all these different things. Um, so comparing products is is a big problem too. Um, so yeah, what what we generally recommend, um, we actually have uh, you know kind of kind of early to mention a bonus, I guess, but um, we actually have a, a kind of product research workbook that we give out to our clients, and uh, and we just recently started giving this out uh, as kind of a freebie. So uh, so I can definitely hook you up with that, Nick, and you can hook your audience up with that. Um, I think it's at startupbros.com/workbook. But um, but yeah, so you can download that, and that's just an instant download, no no uh, no email uh, necessary or anything. So that's just a freebie for you guys. But um, but yeah, so we recommend people jump into that product research workbook, and it's basically you know a spreadsheet that has all these different data points from three different websites that we recommend people look at, and those are Amazon, eBay. Uh, I'm sorry, Amazon, uh, Alibaba, and Terapeak. Um, and those three websites are really the only websites I look at when I'm doing product research. Um, what so, was the third one? Terapeak. Terapeak, yeah, and that's that's an interesting one. Um, they're a company that uh, partnered up with eBay, and they actually have exclusive rights to all of eBay sales data. Um, so they're really the the you know the uh, I think the best source of e-commerce data that there is. Um, so you can kind of dive into um, you know all of eBay sales data and really crunch the numbers in cool ways and get some really cool data uh, out of that to see you know exactly. Uh, analyze, you know, the market for each individual product rather than just trying to find a niche or, you know, a, a product to copy or anything like that. Okay, that's T-E-R-A peak as in, uh, you know, a mountain peak. We'll link to that and, and all yep. the stuff in the show notes as well. Yep, and they have a seven-day free trial as well. I always recommend people, uh, you know, wait to wait to pull the trigger on that seven-day free trial until you're ready to do that product research, until, you know, uh, you can sit down on a weekend or something and do it. Because uh, really, that seven days is all you need to find a good product and get the ball rolling. So, Okay. Do you, um, sorry, go ahead. 
from that product research workbook, uh, you know, people, I think most of your audience, you got a pretty smart audience out there. So, uh, so I think they'll be able to figure that workbook out on their own. But yeah, you're basically just going through and pulling a few different data points from those three websites. And the, uh, the workbook's going to go through and kind of give you um, a really good comparative view of all these different products. So, uh, so yeah, we always recommend people, you know, go through, get the data on the spreadsheet for 50, 100 products and just kind of run through and do it really quick. Don't even really think about uh, a lot. Just focus on speed. And then once you have, you know, 100 products on that spreadsheet, it becomes a lot easier to pick a good product out of, you know, 100 that kind of caught your eye uh, rather than just kind of browsing around Amazon. And, um, you know, that, that's what I feel most people do. They don't really know, you know, they don't have a, a focus or a goal with their product research. Um, they're just kind of waiting for that silver bullet. So that's what we recommend to people is, you know, get a ton of products out there and uh, use kind of the law of averages to your advantage and just compare all those products and find the best ones. Right. So how are you how are you seeding that that initial research? I mean, you got to type in like something to start with, right? Right. So we usually start um, really, you know, you can start any way you want. You know, you could I, I really recommend people kind of be really random with it and kind of uh, try to get a really diverse look at products. But um, but in terms of yeah, how to how to start, you know, where are those good brainstorming places? Um, I think Amazon bestsellers list is you know the best. Uh, you can also look at Amazon's movers and shakers and things like that. And uh, and really, I think I think that's the best source to just get your mind going. And obviously, you want to be avoiding you know products and markets that have really heavy brand loyalty, especially. Uh, so you know you don't want to get into you know start selling toothpaste or diapers or something like that because it's going to be really tough to uh, to un, you know to mess up to disrupt the uh, the leaders of that market because people really buy based on brand name there. Um, so so yeah, I mean going through and looking for products that are small, um, easy, you know, light to you know light to ship, easy, um, inexpensive to ship, and just kind of throwing uh, you know going through and throwing all those on the spreadsheet and going through and getting the data points on that. And as you go through and do this, you'll kind of start to um, get better and better at it. Um, the, really, the real key, though, and the real benefit is just having a consistent way to look at all these products and a consistent scope to look at them through. Because uh, when you have that, you can get, again, you know, use that law of averages to your advantage and say, okay, I got 100 products on here. I got to have four or five that are good. And compared to all the other ones, you know, here, here's the ones that really stand out. What kind of metrics are you, are you looking for on that sheet? Um, so let me actually bring it up here really quickly. Um, I know, th- you know, the first two metrics that we look at are, um, are the MOQ and the buy price. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I should, I shouldn't say that's the first ones we look at. Uh, that's the first ones on the spreadsheet though. The first thing I actually look at is, you know, cause I'm on Amazon. First thing I list on there is the Amazon sell price or I'm, I'm sorry, the Amazon revenue actually. So, um, so, you know, if it's, if it's not a prime product, uh, you would actually add up the, sale price plus the shipping to get your total revenue. But um, so yeah, you're throwing, I got the spreadsheet up here now. So you're throwing um, from Amazon, you're throwing the Amazon sell price in, and then you also get the eBay sell price. Um, so this is from Terapeak. You get the eBay sell price, the sales volume, the sell-through ratio. Now the sell-through ratio is really key here. The sell-through ratio is basically, okay, out of a hundred products, how many, you know, out of a hundred listings of this product, out of a hundred people trying to sell this product, how many actually sell? So, you know, if you have a 60% sell-through ratio, you know, it it indicates that there's a lot more buyers than sellers in that market rather than, you know, a 20% sell-through ratio, only two out of 10 uh, listings are selling. That would indicate a pretty weak market where there's, you know, a ton of sellers, uh, and things like that. Because, you know, we find all the time 
people are, uh, and I'm kind of getting off track here. I'm sorry, but no, this is uh, this is good. So, so guys, um, if you go to startupbros.com and it was slash workbook, yeah, and so that automatically downloaded this this Excel file. So you can kind of follow along. Um, no, no opt in required or anything at this point. And so I'm I'm looking at this thing, and I'm glad you're walking through it because it is a little bit tough. So sell through 30 day sell through and I'm seeing numbers kind of ranging from from 20 to 60 percent and in that case the higher the better because that indicates the more listings that are that are moving units right exactly and we find all the time that you know people have this uh, and not only in importing but pretty much any market when you know new entrepreneurs are getting started people are always really afraid of the competition almost overly afraid of competition and uh, and you know I always encourage my clients you know don't be afraid of competition competition is a good thing you know if there's people competing for buyers that means that there's a healthy market there and it's profitable to compete for those buyers uh, so you want some competition you definitely don't want to be the first to market in most cases but uh, but that's another topic. But so anyways, yeah, people are really worried about competition, but you shouldn't be worried about competition. What you should be worried about is product and market saturation. And that, you know, is basically, uh, you know, what's the balance between buyers and sellers? Because I don't really care, you know, how much competition there is if there's a ton of buyers out there. But if there's a ton of competition out there and the buyers, you know, are leaving the market and they're shrinking, that, that's not a market you want to be in. So the sell-through ratio kind of gives you a view to that market saturation, you know, how, how saturated is your market. Um, so, yeah, like you said, like a high... fine line. It sounds like a fine line between competition and, and saturation. So the, yeah. the joke in the industry has become the silicone, silicone like barbecue gloves, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and so there's like a million and one, li- you can look them up on Amazon, there's a million and one listings of these like silicone barbecue gloves because they're cheap to manufacture and for a while they had a good margin, but now it's kind of saturated, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Probably one of the most saturated uh, products there is out there. So uh, so yeah, that that one's definitely... Um that one's pretty pretty saturated. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a legend in the industry too. But it's interesting you mentioned that too, because um, you know a lot of pe- you can go through those silicone barbecue gloves, and because it's such a competitive market, uh, we actually use those listings as examples of kind of like stellar listings because they really have to compete on their listings. Okay, um, okay. So, so you'll see some great listings there. But yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to be in that market though. <laughs> okay, no, that's a good that's a good place to go for you know tips on on best practice how to create your sales page, I guess. Yeah, definitely. They have, you know, great, uh, they're, they're almost at the cutting edge of it too. It's kind of a weird place to say that the cutting edge of anything is, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, breeded that, you know, people have to be so competitive with it. Uh, you know, people are always testing with new bonuses. People are always kind of throwing money back guarantee, uh, you know, seals of guarantee approvals and things like that, um, on their images, uh, FDA approval on their images. So all, all, all kinds of fun stuff. And you can kind of see, you know, which ones are affecting sales the most. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you, whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. 
So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so I'm looking kind of for products similar to that. And, and on the previous show, we talked about the example of like these onion goggles. Like it's, it, it may be branded, but it's something that I don't really care. I'm not looking for like Oakley onion goggles. It's like, I don't care. And, and the, the product I bought today on Amazon Prime was like a, a mini like cell phone recharger thing. So it's like, hey, I'm going to be traveling. I'm not going to have access to an outlet, but I'm going to be using my phone a lot. So here's something I can plug it into. And uh, like, I don't care about the brand is always like, is that something that's like too technical to, to bring to market? Or are you kind of looking at something like that or, or more, more simplistic kind of products? The one thing we do recommend people stay away from is electronics. Um, just because, and it's, it's definitely possible to make money with electronics. Obviously there's tons of companies doing it, but if you are just starting, you know, it's not the path of least resistance. There's a lot of little variables and complexities with electronics that are hard to deal with. So, uh, see electronics and things that have electricity running through them. That's pretty much the only thing I (laughs) wouldn't recommend. So, but yeah, like you said, you know, unbranded products, really important. Again, you know, if you're trying to break in and start selling, you know, floss or, you know, toothpaste, it's going to be really tough to compete with, you know, Colgate and uh, all those big dogs. So, uh, so yeah, big brand loyalty you want to stay away from. Really complex products and things that require really precise manufacturing, uh, you're generally going to want to stay away from. So, yeah, that's just a few things. And, yeah, I mean, you know, to talk about what you really do want is, yeah, the things you, you mentioned are definitely good. You, you definitely want them to be light and simple to ship. That's always the most important thing um, because shipping is going to be your most expensive thing besides your cost of goods, and in some cases even more expensive than cost of goods. So, yeah, you want to minimize, you know, get products that minimize those shipping costs. Um, look for small, light products, products that have a high yeah, a high air tolerance. Um, so, you know, they can have manufacturing errors and you can still sell them. Um, so, you know, you're, you know, something like um, a pair of shorts, you know, if some threading's off, it, it's pretty reasonable that you can probably sell most of the most of the pairs, even with some threading off and some imperfections and things like that. However, you know, if you're selling a computer, you know, or a car engine, yeah. uh, one little yeah, yeah. thing goes wrong and all of a sudden you're out 20, 30 grand. So. Okay, that makes sense. So scrolling through, uh, I'm brainstorming on the the Amazon bestseller list, moving the Amazon, the movers and shakers for something. And even if it's just something you you might be shopping for yourself, like, hey, there, that might be an opportunity uh, as well. So anything else we should know about on the 
on the finding a, a profitable product side? Like, is there a particular, like, um, you know, minimum margin you're looking to find on a per unit or, or kind of a... So there is a minimum margin. Uh, what we always say with our clients is we kind of coin this term startup sweet spot. So, you know, the startup sweet spot we say for margin is 67% after it's all said and done. So, you know, if you can get a 67% profit margin, and that would mean if you're buying a product for five bucks, you're selling it for 15. If you can attain that margin, uh, that's really the kind of margins you can grow a business quickly on. Uh, a lot of people get, you know, really excited about the 50% margins and things like that. Uh, but honestly, you know, once you really start get up and running, you're going to see that uh, 50% margin just isn't enough to grow a business on. You really need that 67%. Okay. And that's the spread between your acquisition costs and what it's selling for on Amazon, yes? Yeah. And the closer you can get to a 67% margin at the end of the day when it's all said and done, uh, the better. But yeah. Um, and you'll see on this product's uh, spreadsheet, you know, people are always emailing us and saying, you know, are, are these numbers supposed to be concrete or these, you know, how's this going to work in the end? So, you know, it, it's really important to understand that this spreadsheet in the workbook is, is really made to, to give you a comparative view of a lot of products. So these, these numbers aren't going to be exact. Um, you know, they get more concrete as, you know, you kind of go right on the spreadsheet and fill out more data. But they're never going to be concrete. Uh, these are just going to give you a really good comparative view of a bunch of different products. So you can look at you know, a ton of products and say, okay, these two or three are the best. Now I'm going to try these. And it's really important to, to realize you know, entrepreneurship, you, you, you got to take that risk. So um, at the end of the day, there's no way to really verify these numbers uh, without going out and buying some samples and selling those samples and actually you know, seeing what it sells for. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the handheld air pump, which uh, says it costs thirty cents a piece. Minimum order quantity only a hundred units, only thirty bucks from Alibaba. I don't, and then I'm assuming we're gonna you're gonna have to ship it over here. But a and then this thing sells for seven dollars, a ninety seven percent margin or something. Is this is this legit? Uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, obviously, as you go through, you know, you would. Again, go through and fill out the spreadsheet as fast as you can, right? Don't worry too much about verifying it at this stage because that's really, that's really where people get lost in this process. And that's where people get frustrated and overwhelmed is because they'll go in and you know, they'll start going through products and they'll get to you know, what would be the third or fourth product on the spreadsheet. And then they kind of lose track of what they were looking at before. They don't really know, you know, what 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 metrics really matter. How are they gonna, you know, they don't really know what they're doing. So, um, so it's really easy to get lost in it. And that's, uh, yeah, this spreadsheet's really useful for that. You know, don't go through because it's really easy to go through and say, okay, handheld air pump. Oh wow, ninety-seven percent margin. Now, you know, now I need to go through and verify that that's actually ninety-seven percent margin. Now I need to see if that's the right air pump I was buying and if it's the right one that's selling. And if there's some really premium air pump that got into my data that I need to get out of my data. Um, so, so yeah, to wrap up, uh, the, uh, so the handheld air pump, you know, you could very easily just going through there, kind of lose yourself in it. But that's what the spreadsheet's good for is, you know, just go through speedy, really speedy and go through and fill out the data on the spreadsheet. And then once you have 50 or 100 products, then you can go through and say, okay, the handheld air pump looks interesting. Now let's go verify the data. That's the only way not to get lost in it, in my opinion. Okay. And then is there any other kind of numbers that you're looking for that you like really want to see versus, you know, things that are going to be worth pursuing versus, okay, you know, I, I'm not going to give that a second thought. 
Yeah, definitely. So for sell-through ratio, um, we like to see at least 30%. Uh, anything below 20, or I'm sorry, 30%, uh, really kind of iffy. Uh, anything below 25%, really not smart to go into in most cases. Um, so 30% minimum, and you know, the higher the better, really. You know, the the highest products have you know 60-70% sell-through ratio. Um, if these you find these product- are the numbers that are coming from TerraPeak. Yeah, yeah, and that's why um, I'd really encourage you, you know, TerraPeak, really, really useful with this product research. And again, you can see our philosophy on product research is, you know, get a ton of data out there and then find the best one out of them. So TerraPeak's really going to help with kind of speeding through this thing. Because again, you can do it without TerraPeak and you can manually go on eBay and look at how many you're selling and kind of get a good idea that way. But you can imagine to do that for 100 products, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take forever, so... Yeah. So yeah, free trial seven days, and then I'm on their pricing page right now. It says only seven fifty a month um, beyond that, but billed annually. So yeah, and it's worth mentioning that you need the uh, pro account to get access to the sell through ratio. Uh, so, so, okay. Yeah, you're Fifteen doing, bucks a month. Okay. Yeah, but again, uh, you can easily just cancel out of that. Uh, that's what we recommend most clients to do. But don't uh, <laughs> don't tell TerraPeak. So. Okay. Um, and then the last thing too is uh, you know sales volume. Uh, obviously, sales volume, and this is we usually get ninety day sales volume. But you know if you're selling less than you know five hundred bucks a month uh, on eBay, then the product is is probably not going to be the best product unless it's you know really selling well on Amazon or something like that. So and uh, yeah, let me think if I have any other good little tidbits for you. Oh, one good one is um for the buy price. So we actually call this uh, the startup sweet spot for the sales price. Your product pretty much has to sell above $10. Because if you're selling any product below $10, the shipping cost on each individual unit is pretty much going to wipe out any profit margin you have. So you can imagine even if I gave you, you know, like one time a client emailed me with a pair of sunglasses that cost like five or six bucks on Amazon. And he said, what do you think of these? Um, I can get them for like a buck or something. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, listen, I could send you a million of these sunglasses for free. And every time you sold one, you would lose money because it would cost you, you know, five, fifty, six bucks to ship them out. And, you know, they're they're selling for, you know, four to six bucks. Well, there you go. Just uh, take the air out of my my sales on this handheld air pump at at seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that exactly. Same with like you know we have the pet food can cover, and you know what? I'll actually give your audience an updated version of this. Uh, we kind of have yeah an updated version with some really cool, uh, more recent product finds because we found some products that were just unbelievable. You know, it would cost you. 200 300 bucks to get into and uh and yeah uh yeah there's some great products out there so i'll make sure to add in some good uh products for your audience okay that's cool and and if you know even i wouldn't say you know go to town on any of these but like use these as a starting point to kind of begin your begin your search and say okay what else what other similar products might be out there and just do your brainstorm, do your homework from there. Yeah, you don't want to uh you don't want to end up with the next uh silicone barbecue yeah exactly exactly yeah (laughs) You know, after people kind of go through the workbook, what we would recommend doing is um, what we call the sample selling process. And that's, you know, going out and reaching out to suppliers for that product and, um, and just starting to talk to them and uh, request that first sample order. Um, it's usually going to cost anywhere from, you know, 50 to 150 bucks to get that first sample shipped from China to the U.S. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, you take that sample, put it up on, we would recommend eBay uh, just because, you know, Amazon, very strict, uh, you know, very high standards for its sellers and very strict with those standards. Uh, so you don't want to screw up on Amazon. So, you know, I would recommend with the sample process, because we're really trying to figure out if the product even lives up to the expectations of a paying customer. 
so I would recommend selling that on eBay and you know get five five ten samples of those you know that product that you've chosen and uh, and yeah sell those on eBay see what happens uh, see what the actual sell price is see you know is it more or less expensive to ship than you thought was it more or less expensive to get it into the country than you thought did the customers like it uh, you know did they were they ecstatic about it or were there some features that they didn't like about it did the product break on the customer after a few days of use so you know this sample selling process is really that last stage of uh, that last safety net for us before we really scale up because, um, you know, we want to make sure that the product is up to those standards, uh, you know, all the numbers check out and everything before we start scaling everything up. Okay. Do you create like a like a dummy uh, eBay account in case it is horribly manufactured? Um, so the thing is, obviously, you know, for your first sample, uh, I would recommend kind of bypassing the whole fulfillment process and getting it to your house or, you know, wherever you're at and, uh, and you know, actually inspecting it yourself. So make sure it's actually, you know, up to those standards. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of things that you won't, uh, you're not able to see. For instance, like when I first started this, I started this uh, for anyone that doesn't know, like when I was like 12, 13, I started importing stuff. Um, but when I was like 14, uh, I started importing sheets and I ordered like five pairs of sheets and they looked pretty good. I mean, I was a 14 year old boy. <laughs> so <laughs> like I threw the sheets on my bed and like, yep, they work definitely. Um, so, so I started, uh, I started selling the other samples I had and those went out the door and I waited a few days, no bad feedback. I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy a ton. So I bought like 500 and, uh, and you know, I think it was like a day or two before they got to my door, all of a sudden I just started getting all this bad feedback on eBay. And basically what had happened was, you know, the first time anyone washed those sheets, uh, they just started leaking everywhere and lost all their color and ruined other stuff. So, you know, it also gives you a safety net for that sort of thing, you know, because sometimes you're not able to put yourself in your customer's head enough, especially when you're doing importing and just kind of randomly picking products. If you're not into cooking or, you know, if you're not into skydiving and you're selling some piece of skydiving gear, uh, it's really tough to get in the head of a skydiver, right, to judge your product. Zero liability in skydiving products, I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, I mentioned that actually for that exact reason. It always sticks out to me. I had a client that wanted to do uh, like uh, skydiving, um, like mechanics and rigs and stuff. Oh like gosh, oh this gosh. Is, yeah, this is a bad idea, I think. I love it. Will, you're a serious hustler importing stuff at, at 14. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So what's next? So I've, got my, I've got my product. I've kind of ordered those samples. I've sold the first few uh, on eBay just to kind of validate, hey, this is a price I can I can get. Customers seem to be happy with it. Then it's on to the, on to the big the big uh, the big show at Amazon. Pretty much, um, you know, we, well, we always we skipped say, a step. We skipped a step, um, and that was oh, talking with the, the manufacturers, actually. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Well, honestly, the the first sample, I guess there's one there's one hack that we really give every client uh, that is just an absolute must, and that's always speaking to your supplier as uh, like a secretary or an assistant or something. Uh, you never want to be the boss because it's really gonna uh, buy you a lot of flexibility in negotiations, and uh, you know, kind of buy you a lot of flexibility if you, you know, if you're new and you don't know what you're doing. You know, we recommend this even for the big dogs. But if you're new and you don't know what you're doing, if you act like you're the boss and you go to a supplier and say something stupid, uh, they're going to be like, "All right, this is you know, some some guy in his mom's basement." Um, but if you uh, if you go and say, "Hey, listen, I'm this guy's assistant. He asked me to look at, or, you know, go find some new suppliers for this product we're looking to sell." Um, all of a sudden, you know, if you're just some assistant, uh, you have a lot of leeway to say, frankly, to say stupid things. So, okay. um, 
So you get a lot of leeway there. And obviously in negotiations too, you know, you can say, hey, what's the price of this unit? And they'll come back and say, hey, uh, here's the price. And you can say, listen, I know we're really good friends and everything, but my boss said that, you know, th- this price is just too much and we have to bring this price down. So I'm sorry, you know, we're friends, I know, uh, but my, <laughs> my boss put his foot down here. Um, so it lets you be assertive while still retaining and maybe even uh, enhancing that relationship with them, which is very important. Okay. Okay. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, this is a lot of little, little client tips too. So this is, this will be a good session for you guys, but, um, but yeah, so, after, so this is, uh, this is on Alibaba. This is like, I'm talking to my, my manufacturer over there and I'm kind of going through, like, I'm, I'm looking to get this first sample shipped to me before, yep. before ordering a whole lot. And they kind of, they want to impress you, right? Like, Hey, they want, they want that bulk order business. Yep, exactly. And, um, funny you should mention that too, that they want to impress you. Cause we always say, you know, your first, your first, uh, your first sample order is really like your first date with a girl or, you know, your first date with anyone. It, you're kind of on your best behavior and it's kind of the best, you know, version of, of yourself that you put on display. So that's the same thing these suppliers are going to do. Um, so yeah, really make sure you enjoy working with the supplier and that everything goes smoothly because this is probably, you know, as smooth as it's going to be, to be frank. <laughs> that first sample order is usually pretty easy to get. Uh, that first order of five to ten, and a lot of people, most most of our, you know, most other people that do this would recommend doing, you know, two or three samples. I recommend doing five to ten, just because, you know, then you can really start making money on your first sample order and not have to wait the extra month to to just break even the first month. So, you know, it kind of depends on your risk tolerance. But yeah, five to ten samples. And what we always say to our clients, you know, get absolutely sick of hearing this is, you know, the thing that separates the winners from the losers in this game is getting a sample in and out the door. And if you can get a sample in and out the door quickly, effectively, you're pretty much guaranteed success. That's really what what differentiates the the people that have success with this business and the people who don't. So, um, so that first sample order. Um, and that first sample, you know, selling that first uh, that, for that first set of samples, a uh, really big milestone. And uh, you definitely shouldn't, you know, even if it's even if you're just making a little bit of money on it, or if you're just breaking even, you know, it, it is really a big milestone. Not many people get to that stage. So, so yeah. In terms of what to do after that, though, after you get that sample in and out the door, then you know, people are always saying, you know, how how do I know at that stage if uh, if I want to move forward with the product? And uh, and I always say, you know, j- just wait and y- you'll know. Like, you know, if, if the product's moving quick, you'll you'll be excited that it's moving quick, and you'll be excited to get that next order in, and you'll be excited to r- grow your business quick. So, um, so that's kind of how you know. You know, if you're making money with it, that's how you know to continue with it. One of the toughest parts about starting and growing your business is figuring out how to build relationships. As you know, people are more likely to buy from and do business with people they know, like, and trust. But when it comes to networking, Where do you start? And what if you're more introverted like me? What if you're more wallflower than social butterfly? Well, there's a recent episode of a great podcast called This is Small Business that walks you through how to figure this stuff out. The episode is called How Networking Can Help You Build and Grow Your Business and Inside You'll learn practical tips on how to build business relationships that don't feel so transactional. A couple parts I liked in particular were how to break into those uh, tight little circles at networking events where you're kind of standing around awkwardly on the outside, and then what you should say in a follow-up email to somebody that you meet there. This is Small Business answers a ton of these questions that all entrepreneurs have, like how to use social media to grow your business, how to find your ideal price point, how to know when you're ready to launch your product, and tons more. So give it a follow. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts.
It just comes down to how big of a bet you want to place at that point in terms of, you know, what kind of quantity to order up next. Because I like when we talked with, with Andy, he's like, hey, look, it's not unreasonable to get a bulk shipment in your, your first shipment of, you know, 500 bucks, a thousand dollars worth of product, which is it's still an investment. Like it's still, you know, you're you're putting so you have some inventory risk there. But it's I mean, it's not like. I don't know, in the grand scheme of startups, it's it's relatively low cost. Yeah, and it's important to realize too, you know, so many people that get into this have come from, you know, so many young entrepreneurs especially are kind of so entwined in the in the digital realm. Uh, it, it's easy to forget that, you know, you're buying inventory. So it's not just a completely sunk cost. It's not like you're buying Facebook ads or something and the money's just gone out the door. Uh, you still have that that hard, you know, inventory there to sell. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it's very rare you see someone take you know an absolute loss or even a large loss uh, doing this. But I am glad you mentioned that. The uh, in terms of the the growth curve, uh, I'm glad you mentioned kind of you know how what, is it is it just up to your risk tolerance at that point? To a certain extent, it is up to your risk tolerance. And we have some clients that are you know have a higher risk tolerance, and they'll go out and instead of doing one sample, they'll order five or ten samples of you know six or seven different products and really kind of jump their growth curve by you know six or seven months. For someone that's just going to do one product a month, um, so you know your risk tolerance definitely plays a plays a role here. But um, but yeah, the the growth curve that we recommend people follow is you know after that first order of five to ten samples, then do twenty five to fifty, then up it to you know a hundred to two hundred, then two fifty to five hundred, and then really the sky's the limit. Um, but you do have to kind of scale up slowly. You know, we always say to our clients counterintuitively, the quickest way to grow this business is to scale up slowly. So, you know, to really figure out where the volume is going to cut off and where you're going to run into issues or, you know, where you're going to top off on Amazon sales and have to go on eBay or your own website. It, it's tough to know those things until you know them. So, so it's important to scale up kind of slowly. And that's the growth curve we would recommend. People always ask us too, you know, how can I get the MOQ on the second order down as well? Because uh, most people have a higher MOQ than 50, obviously. Yeah. So what we recommend for that is, uh, honestly, it's pretty much just bluffing. So if you've done everything kind of right up to here and you've done the secretary hack, then they kind of think you're a pretty big company already. So what we recommend is just go into them and say, hey, listen, my boss said we got to get an order of 50 in. You know, we have 50 locations. You know, we have 50 mall kiosks around the country <laughs> and we need to get we need to get a sample into each and every one of our sales reps hands so they can test it in their individual mall and their individual market. So uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if our sample order is too big for you, but, you know, we're just a big buyer and this is this is what it's going to have to be. Um, so most of the time that, that tends to work pretty well, uh, in my experience. So pretty soon. So manufacturers are going to be listening to this and he's going to tell all his buddies and be like, Hey, look, those, <laughs> those Americans are just trying to pull one over on us. Right. Especially we give like email templates and stuff to to our clients. So they're, yeah, gonna be like, they're gonna be we're like, all getting hey, the same email. Yeah. This sounds familiar. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's that's really that's really the whole process that we teach in a nutshell. Um, obviously, we go really in depth with with our clients to really optimize individual pieces of their business and help them build their supply chain and really scale up correctly and everything. But 
Um, but, you know, that's really the start of it. Um, and, and like I said, uh, the thing that really separates the winners from the losers is getting that first sample in and out the door. Uh, once you do that, once you take that leap, everything just kind of come becomes much easier after that and kind of just starts to figure itself out. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what I would make my first goal. You know, if I was just starting out, my first goal would be, you know, get 50, 100 products on that spreadsheet, find a few good ones, and then go order some samples of them and work on uh, selling those samples and see what happens. Yeah, it's a really cool kind of business because, yeah, like I've seen the stories of people who started out, uh, you know, with the little uh, scanner app with the Profit Bandit app in Walmart. And I'll say, hey, this retail arbitrage thing is kind of fun, but it's tough. You know, still time consuming. How do I scale it up? We're climbing the mountain and and Will is our Sherpa. Will is showing us the way. Uh, (laughs) If people want to learn more about this stuff, uh, where 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 should they go? Um, yeah, definitely. So our website, startupbros.com, uh, we have tons of great importing articles on there, tons of great e-commerce articles, Amazon ranking articles, all sorts of fun stuff for uh, people doing these business models. And uh, and yeah, we also do, you know, all throughout April and May here, we're going to be doing uh, a whole bunch of free live training webinars. Um, so all these things, it's actually pretty fun too. We give away, you know, anywhere from like 500 to 1,000 bucks worth of prizes on each one too. Oh man. That's yeah, we do like in. trivia and stuff. So if you're there, make sure you pay attention. You can win some money. But, uh, but yeah, so we're going to do a whole bunch of those. And that's really going to be focused on uh, how to import your first product and sell it online. You know, really, again, get that first sample in and out the door. So we're going to go really, really in depth on that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So that would be the best thing. If, uh, if you're still overwhelmed after this session, uh, I would definitely recommend that. <laughs> awesome. We will link you up to, uh, to that next webinar in the, in the show notes for this, uh, for this episode. Will, thank you so much for, for coming on, dropping the uh, importing wisdom. And we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Uh, I would say, so there's this quote that, uh, that I just kind of understood in, in recent years, and it's, think big, act small. Um, so, you know, always, always have that grand vision, have that big thing you're working towards, have that huge business in mind, uh, but then think about the next smallest step you can actually take to get there. And, you know, keep on marching towards that grand vision and keep on focusing on the next smallest action you can take to get there. And, uh, and you'll be surprised at how quick you get there. I like it. Will, thanks so much. Startupros.com. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot, Nick. Hope, uh, hope everyone gets a lot of value out of this. Thanks for having me. You bet. There it is. Think big, act small. That's all we can do. One foot in front of the other day after day. And like Will mentioned, maybe the next step in, in moving this side hustle forward is, is a little more education. So if you'd like to uh, to learn more uh, and join Will and I in that upcoming free training that I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, register for it at sidehustlenation.com slash import. That'll uh, have the sign-up page to uh, to get n- notifications, all the details on that. And there will be a replay if the time doesn't work for you. I think we're aiming for March 22nd in the evening, 8 p.m. Eastern time. If that time doesn't work for you, there is a replay as long as you sign up um, at sidehustlenation.com slash import uh, to, uh, to be notified about it. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to learning. The more and more I hear about this business, the more and more I hear about this side hustle, it's like, man, I kind of want to give this a shot. It's relatively, like we kind of talked about, relatively low risk if you can can learn how to set it up and do these sample orders, right? So maybe, I don't know, maybe the product business could be my next side hustle project. Just what I need, another another thing to lose focus on. <laughs> but 
um, but another income stream, income stream to try and test out and, and share the results for. So it could be pretty fun. Either way, thank you so much for listening today. All the notes and highlights from this conversation along with uh, Will's top tips on getting started with importing are available to you in a free downloadable PDF at sidehustlenation.com slash 104 or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll see you next week for another exciting edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. Is there a more dreaded question than what's for dinner? Meal planning and eating well to hit your nutrition goals doesn't have to be complicated. Our sponsor, Factor, makes it easy by sending delicious, ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals right to your door. Every week, you've got over 35 different menu options to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie options, and more. Some personal favorites of ours so far have been the garlic mushroom chicken thighs and the Indian butter tofu. These are restaurant-quality meals ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. It's the perfect easy button solution for busy side hustlers and couples. And it's not just dinner either. Factor has nutrient-packed snacks, smoothies, breakfasts, and more. And hey, plans change, which is why you can scale up or down your meals or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 and use code sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That's code sidehustle50 at factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Big thanks to Factor for sponsoring the show.